Jenkins in trouble, chased, got rid of it, and it's intercepted. Dante Jackson having a night. Desperado, sitting in a old Monte Carlo, a man as hot as hollow, uh, take it easy, I'm not trying to go against you, actually I'm going with you, gotta get up out of here and you and leave me, but I know you won't cause we share common interests. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. Today we're going to break down the fastest prospect in the entire draft with one of the best football minds in the industry. But before we get started, a quick word from our sponsor. Have you ever wished you could be an NFL general manager? Well, now you can, thanks to Reality Sports Online, a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy teams like an NFL general manager. Reality Sports Online was created by former NFL front office personnel and features the revolutionary free agency auction room which mimics NFL free agency, enabling fantasy owners to negotiate and sign the NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. The platform can host up to 32 teams and has a ton of other cool features as well. In addition to free agency, like a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automatic contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Test your general manager skills for free at realitysportsonline.com and a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use promo code D. D to receive 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Alright guys, they say legends never die, so this man must be immortal. I'm going to bring in Emery Hunt. You can follow him on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. He's the CEO and founder and analyst at Football Game Plan. He's the czar of the playbook. He's a member of basically every single thing that there is a member to be a part of. He's a former college uh, running back. He's a coach. Emery, how are we doing today, man? I'm doing fine, man. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I'm I'm pumped to have you. I uh, I'm actually kind of proud of myself for reading through that whole bio because it's it's about as long as any <laughs> bio of anyone I've had on here, and we've had some pretty amazing guests. Well, you you, you kind of left out color commentator. I'm proud of that, and also an author. But the color commentating is is something that that I've uh, I, I I just simply enjoy. I can't wait the football season gets gets back again, so I can get back out there and call some games. That's first off, you're absolutely right. That's an amazing thing to do. And uh, I did leave that out. I wanted to give you a chance at the end to remind people all the other stuff you worked on. So that that's my bad. But let, let's let's jump into Dante Jackson. So just a quick background on him in terms of his stats. He was a five-star kid, played three years at LSU this past year at 45 tackles, three and a half for loss, one sack, one interception, and nine pass breakups coming off a year. His sophomore year, we had eight pass breakups, two picks. And the year before, they had two pass breakups and one pick. Uh, one fumble recovery in his freshman year. And then he's five foot ten, one seventy eight. And the, the big number that's gonna stand out to people is that he ran the four three two forty yard dash. And quite frankly, he was a little disappointed with it. He uh I think he told John Ross that he needed to wake up early and make sure he watched him because he, he thought he could beat him. But listen, Jackson is an exciting player to watch. So I I wanna give you the floor. When you watch this game, what are the strengths that get you excited about his game? Well first, full disclosure, me and Jackson are from the same hometown, New Orleans, Louisiana, right? And so I've known about him since he was in high school. And in high school, he was a tremendous offensive player. So when he signed with LSU, I thought he was going to play that uh, Adoree Jackson role, play a little bit on offense and a little bit on defense. But L, the, the weaknesses that are there for him is why he plays mostly on defense. But starting with the strengths, uh, you mentioned blazing fast. And it's not just fast for no reason. It's fast with a purpose. You never see him get beat one-on-one uh, with routes, whatever he has, the the speed to catch up. He has the speed to, to bait. Um, so he's going to always be lockstep with his receiver, no matter how tall, how fast, how slow the guy is. 
he's going to be right there. And when the ball is in the air, that's when he closes the space or accelerates to the ball and makes a play. I also like that he's a tough cat, too. He's not uh, one that's going to shy away from running up and making a tackle. So you like him against the run. With that speed, you like a guy that blitzes well. He also blitzes with a purpose. Too, too often you see guys uh, come off the edge and look to get blocked. He's looking to make a sack or looking to make a play. And so that, that's what we call blitzing with a purpose. So he can help you out as a blitzer, as a cover guy. He can play inside or play on, on either the field or boundary. And um, he's always around the football. Now, the problem is, which ties into uh, the weakness, is the fact that he cannot catch. Right now, he should be in front of the jugs machine just catching a thousand balls a day. Because if he caught maybe half of the passes, he, uh, the intercepts he could have caught at LSU, he'd probably have 40 picks this past season because he dropped so many balls. But that's the biggest knock, I believe, uh, I have on this game is the fact that he misses those opportunities. And we both know that those are those are like turnovers in themselves, because as soon as you drop that ball, the next play could be a touchdown. So we need that turnover. We need that that change of possession. You got to catch that interception. Yeah, well, we'll talk more about his weaknesses in a minute. But yeah, the the hands are bad, man. They're, I think all, I feel like every single one of his pass breakups was a drop pick where <laughs> <laughs> or I, the one game against Auburn, he had three straight pass breakups and three straight drops, and one would have been a pick six. But just jumping in on his strengths, his speed is phenomenal, and, and it's not just track speed. It shows up on on the the tape. It, it shows up on the field, and I think that it's it's multi layered in terms of how good of an athlete he is. Because I think he's incredibly fluid. He's got great change of direction skills. Really, really fluid hips. I think he can really close too. Like once he reads what a play is, he can close on the football, and he tries to. He knows he's fast too, and it's that confidence. And confidence is everything with a corner. And he will try to bait quarterbacks into thinking there's a uh, a window, and then undercut it, and then he'll probably proceed to drop the interception. But like he will, he will make a lot of plays in that way. So I think his speed can be used in multiple areas. And you talked about him as a blitzer. If we're being frank, at 5'11", 175, he's most likely going to play the nickel. And he played a lot of that at LSU, so it's it's not going to be a major transition for him, unlike a lot of other corners when they come to the NFL. He played 270 snaps inside in 2017. And that nickel corner can really be used by creative defensive minds to get pressure on the quarterback. And I agree with you. I think he can close and do that, that in his game as well. I mean... We, we saw the sack last year, the three-and-a-half tackles for loss. I mean, that, that those aren't great numbers by any means, but I think a team could get pretty uh, creative with them. I, I think that he, his ball skills are good, and if he could learn to catch, it would be something that a team could really take advantage of as well. I think that if, if we want to jump into his weaknesses real quick, because I, th- I think we basically mentioned a lot of the stuff that, that's going to make him great or a really good player in the NFL, I think that he's a better man corner than zone corner. I think he... At this point, he might be a slightly better athlete than football player, where he's his instincts can be a little off, and he can make up for a lot of it with his speed. So as time goes on and he get becomes a smarter football player, it's it's scary what his ceiling could be in terms of that nickel role, and and like you mentioned, it the hands. The I I, I feel like I might have better hands than him, and that's that's that might be a little disrespectful, but like his hands are are a legitimate concern. And the old joke is like if you can't catch, they put you on defense, and a lot of defensive backs are like chill, no like. I, I can still catch. It's just I like defense. But with him, I feel like you mentioned the Adoree Jackson thing. He he really struggles to catch. So you, you talked about the catching. Are there any other concerns about his game? Do you think that's fair about the zone versus man thing? And how do you feel about his instincts? 
I think it's fair. And I like how you brought up his ball skills are, are okay because people need to separate ball skills from hands um, because he's one of those guys that will turn and find the football. He knows where the ball is. He's not going to let the, the ball hit him in the back of the head or he's not going to watch the receiver catch the ball first like those Alabama cornerbacks and then try to bat it out of his, out of his hands. Um, so he definitely has the ball skills. I, you know, the hands are, are tough because, you know, the, I mean, that's the part that I, I really – I mean, I really like him as a prospect. It's just that, and I've seen guys like him before. The difference is that those guys can really turn the ball over, which makes them great. You know, I've seen guys like Tyrone Poole. I've seen guys like Aaron Glenn, or even one that I compared his athleticism and his speed to. Um, and I'm not going to say he's that guy, but he's just like that guy in Daryl Green. All three of those guys had the ability to, to do what you say, undercut slants, pick off slants. That's hella quickness. If you got that ability, you really make it tough for a quarterback. He start he has to start to convert some of those things. And, you know, in high school, they had him returning kicks. They had him returning punts. Obviously, they tried that at LSU his freshman year. That didn't work, you know, because you got to be able to catch the ball consistently. Um, so, you know, when you return a punch, you number one, you got the best hand, some of the best hands on the team kickoffs you just have to be fast anybody can catch a kickoff not saying it's easy but it's easier than catching punts um but i would i'd say your your critiques are fair um because he's so fast and so athletic yes he can feel as though he can get away with maybe you know uh being late on reading something or taking a false step and then recovering because he's so fast but in the nfl that that recovery has to happen quicker than the quarterback's recognition. Otherwise, you're going to get beat for a touchdown. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where you, you're you absolutely right. In the NFL, the, the the speed of the game picks up, so he's going to be able to rely on that less than he does in college. But because of that elite quickness, the instincts are a little bit less of a knockdown on a guy that might run like a 4-4-5, 4-5-0 because he's not going to be able to make up that ground. Do you think it's fair to kind of put him in the, the as a nickel corner only? Or do you think he can play outside? I think he can play outside because I think two things. One, you gotta you gotta factor in, you know, going to the NFL, going to the pros. Now these guys have access to um better nutrition. You know, also he ran track at LSU. So he's he's constantly in a situation where he's never gonna be able to gain weight. Um and now he can put on some good weight without losing that speed. So I, I think his uh, progression can go up so he can start inside. And as he starts to pick up a little bit more size, um, although size is not a skill, you know, you want to see him gain a little bit more weight. Uh, and I think that can happen as he gets access to better nutrition where he only has to focus on football. Um, I think you'll start to see his, his uh, instincts pick up a little bit more um, because he only has to focus on football and not have to go to class or anything like that. So all of those things, I, I believe, can grow in the right direction as he moves forward. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And the, the weight should help, too, against the run. Like you said, he's a willing tackler. He will go for the ankles some. I mean, it makes sense. He's a smaller guy. But these backs in the NFL are pretty pretty vicious dudes. And uh, he's, he's probably going to miss some tackles. And putting on some weight could probably help him in that area. So you, you mentioned a bunch of guys, Aaron Glenn. Um, who, who does he remind you of most when you watch him? He reminds me a lot of a guy that played at North Dakota State that I was a big fan of. And Marcus Williams played with the Jets, played with the Houston Texans. You know, same type of guy that that was that that had that closing speed to the ball. The difference between Jackson, obviously, and Williams that Williams had great hands, and Williams never dropped interceptions. And so, but I think from a skill standpoint, to give it 
to to make a comparison to someone more contemporary. Um, you can say maybe Jack Rabbit. You can also say a guy like uh, Marcus Williams. Yeah, those both make sense to me. I, I was I was really thinking about this one hard because I think he's almost a little bit of a unique prospect because of that speed and in the slot. And some of those slot corners sometimes are the slower guys that don't have that long speed. But I think he could have a Kendall Fuller-like impact on a team. Now, I think him and Fuller are slightly different players, but you know we just saw the Chiefs trade for Fuller because of what he could do in the slot and how much they struggle in that area. And I think that's the kind of uh, game that Jackson could bring to a team. So that might not necessarily be a player comp as much as a, a role comp for what he could really mean to a team, which means that he's a big-time player. So, you know, I we were talking a little pre-show about how important what a player goes to what team and how much that can matter and how much coaching can impact players. So if you could put him on any team that really took advantage of his skill set, where would you like to see him go where you think he could be the most successful? Oh, man, uh, that's a that's a great question. I, I think when you look at certain teams um, that utilize, you know, guys that can turn and run, I, you know, I always quickly want to go to the Rams, um, Rams, Denver, uh, just off the top of my head, I also think a team like New Orleans, you, you know, you look at opposite of uh, Barkas Lat- or, uh, Lattimore, um, they struggled outside of him. And, you know, P.J. Williams is a good, rece- a good, a decent corner. Um, Ken Crawley played well, but I think a guy that can really turn and run because they're not going to put Lattimore in a situation where he's going to be out. He's going to be the field guy. They're going to put him on a boundary. Sometimes they may flip flop him, but. Um, I think when you have a guy like Landry that I'm sorry, like Lattimore that can really take away a number one receiver, the Z receiver is the one that's going to try to get deep or a slot receiver. And you have a guy in Jackson that can mirror and match, turn and run um, and, and provide that sticky coverage. I think that's the type of compliment that you want on, on the opposite side of a guy that can really lock down a receiver. Yeah. Those, those spots make sense to me. I'm going to go ahead and say Washington as, as a replacement for Fuller because they struggled so much in the slot last season outside of Fuller, and they, they gave away Fuller. and they could, they could use some more playmakers on that defense. I mean, I wish they ran a little bit more man than they did, and I think that would be best for him. But I, I'm just trying to think about a team that could really use a slot receiver and got pretty beat up in that slot area last year. So I think ultimately he can play on a lot of teams. I I would like to see him go to a man team. I know I just mentioned a team that runs more zone than man, but you know, <laughs> these, these teams can get creative with these guys. And I want to see him kind of play the slot and be used in man coverage. So, I, you know, as I say this out loud, it makes the Redskins a worse landing spot, but I, I just know that they really are going to struggle in the slot. You know, I don't normally ask this question, but I think Jackson's a, an interesting case study because, you know, I mentioned the slot. You, you think that he can play outside, but he here's a guy that with that 40 time is got a chance to sneak in the first round. Do you think he's a first-round guy, a second-round guy? Where where would you kind of expect him to go? You, you know what? That's a that's another great question because it, it all depends on how the, you know, draft day goes, right? Um, because we could see a run on quarterbacks, you know, which will push down positions. Um, hell, we could see a run on running backs if teams are worried about uh, a guy, you know, outside of Barkley, if someone takes a back earlier than expected, then teams may think, especially these teams that that may not have multiple uh, picks in the second or third round, let's say like a Seattle. You know, if you're Seattle, you're like, geez, you know, do we take a back now or try to wait until the fourth round? You know, so I, I would I would take Jackson in the first round, and I would say some teams would probably take him, you know, in the first or up until maybe the mid-second round. I think that's his floor. So what, pick maybe 
45 or something like that. So top 45, I think he's I think he's definitely worth it because of what we talked about, how he's able to play um, with that speed. I think that's just hard to uh, to overlook. It's not like he's fast, but can't change direction. He's also agile. It's just he's a ridiculous combination of athleticism and, and sheer speed. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's a passing league. Teams are throwing 64% of the time. A lot of teams have three wide sets, like, all day long. You know, the, this nickel corner sounds like an insult, but in 2018, these teams are they have three wide receivers on the field, and nickel is basically base defense, so he's basically a starter in that situation. So I agree. Late first, early second round. That anytime you can move the way he can move and you can cover the way he can cover, teams are going to find ways to to make sure that he's effective. If you if you look at someone that's, that's probably an ideal case compared to Jackson, like a Denzel Ward, right? He's about, what, 183, 185, something like that. And, um, you know, there's concerns about his quote-unquote size, but we've seen him play on the outside on both sides. He can also play in the slot. Do you think a guy like Jackson, and obviously the ball skills are different as far as catching the football, but from a what differences do you see between Ward and Jackson? Because I, I agree. I, listen, you just put me on the spot there. I think Ward is an outside corner. He's my number one corner. I, I really like Ward. I think Ward's a bit more physical than Jackson mm-hmm. is. I saw Ward in a lot more press situations when I was watching this film. I think he's really good with his hands. I think he's he's plays bigger than he is. Now, that that's always a cop-out in these situations, but... I think that he he's also to, uh, coached a little bit differently, right? Where those Ohio State bat, um, corners are taught to kind of locate the football as the ball's coming in and more play the receiver's hands and turn around. And, you know, I, I think that that's a fair point, though, because if, if you're talking about someone that's, what, 10 pounds heavier playing on the outside and you think Jackson can put those um, – 10 pounds on, then then he could be an outside corner. Because I think that Ward is just an incredibly fluid athlete as well, incredible hips. Uh, he can really mirror corner uh, receivers just like Jackson could. So I think that's a that's a fair statement that basically if, if I think Ward's an outside corner, then Jackson should be able to have that potential as well. Those those corners, man, from Ohio State, geez, like you're right. You could – if you just took the numbers off the jersey, you just – you see guys that are legit – clones you know they're well coached over there and, and you're right I, from Conley to Lattimore to Ward all those guys were fluid and that right there is, is a skill in itself that you have to have yeah listen when, when you're when I'm looking for a corner the thing the first thing I'm looking for is how fluid are they you know I mean like if, if they if they're fluid and they can stick in man-to-man coverage and they're constantly in people's hit pockets those are the kind of guys that are going to be really successful and I think Jackson is one of those and Ward is certainly one of those as well Emery, listen, man, I'm, I'm a huge fan, and I, I really appreciate you coming on. This really means a lot to me, and I, I'm sure the listeners just learned a lot from you. Why don't you tell people where where they can find you and what you're working on? They can find me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan, but also uh, subscribe to the Football Game Plan Network located at YouTube.com slash Football Game Plan. Click that subscribe button, and also hit us up on uh, iTunes as well for our different Football Game Plan podcast. So search Football Game Plan on iTunes and subscribe there and leave us a five star rating. And we got OC, we got these uh these building through the draft uh things coming out. Uh I just released the AFC East and NFC East. I have the AFC and NFC North coming out tomorrow. So be sure to be on the lookout for that as well. 
absolutely it's something i'll be checking out for sure and guys don't forget he's also a color, com color commentator because i did mess that up so emory again i apologize for that one but you know i really appreciate you coming on guys listen one of the, one of the smartest people there is make sure you're following him you can follow me on twitter at elliot chris your host of draft daily podcast as always we're now on itunes google play stitcher and podbean we really appreciate your listening and all the support you guys give us man thank you